The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, everyone. This is Sunday, August the 14th, 2022. And thank you so much for joining us on In the Kitchen with Courtney and Carrie. I am Courtney. And tonight... Per request, we are making a plant-based recipe, uh, plant-based-ish, I'll put it that way. Um, We are making roasted vegetable burritos. So some of the ingredients you will need, uh, you'll need some olive oil, you'll need some seasoning, such as salt, pepper, uh, garlic powders, cumin, chili powder, any seasonings you want to put on your vegetables. If you want rice, you will need some cooked rice. And um, let's see here, you'll need any kind of vegetable that can be roasted. So anything that you like. So I'm just going to name out some. Doesn't mean that I'm going to put all this in my burrito. But you have um, squash, yellow squash. You have zucchini. You can do radishes, sweet potatoes, onions, mushrooms, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, carrots, rutabagas, beets. There's all kinds of things that you can roast and uh and put in your burritos all right so to get started i've done just a tiny bit of prep work not a whole lot i'm going to put some sweet potatoes in mine oh and another thing you'll need too is a can of black beans that have been rinsed and drained uh and then if you want to do the non um Plant-based, you can use cheese unless you have a plant-based cheese and sour cream. And uh, if you have plant-based sour cream and tortilla wrappers, and I I don't know if they make plant-based tortilla wrappers, um, but I'm sure some of us can, some of our uh, vegan and plant-based participants can tell us. All right. Thanks, Tori. I knew Tori would know. All right. So the prep work I did, um, I'm going to use sweet potatoes in mine tonight and sweet potatoes are, if you haven't tried to cut them raw, they're very difficult to, to slice through unless you have an extremely sharp knife and you have some hand strength. So I, what I usually do is I boil them for about 10 minutes and then I drain the boiling water off and then I put them uh, in an ice bath to cool them off because we don't want them to continue cooking because we want to roast them. We don't want to boil them. So, and it softens them up just enough that you can get a sharp knife through and you don't have to have quite as much hand strength. So I have done that and I'm just slicing my potato open as we speak. And then I'm just going to peel it with my paring knife, just peel the outside of it. Um, Sometimes the skin will just slip right off and sometimes you have to peel it off. And I'm like I said, I'm just using my paring knife and just getting some of that skin off and getting as much of it off as I can. I might miss some, but you know, that's just part of being blind. You miss some things sometimes and skin, it's not going to bother you because it's that's where some of the fiber is as well. All right. So I'm going to call on Tori and Tori, if you could kind of explain to us about, you know, vegan slash uh, plant-based diet, they may be one and the same. I haven't done my research on that, but from what 
I've gathered from reading some recipes and a few articles in the past, they're kind of similar and they may be exactly the same. They're similar, but they're not exactly the same um, because you can have a plant-based diet and still include eggs and dairy and um, have some items in your uh, ingredients that that do contain animal products. Um, So plant-based would be eating whole foods where um, fruits and vegetables and grains make up the bulk of the ingredients. Vegan would be that, but also um, you would have no animal products involved whatsoever. Um, There's also the fact that some vegan diets are not necessarily completely plant-based because sometimes you'll have a lot of processed stuff in a vegan diet. Um, So you can be a plant-based vegan or a uh, just a vegan and you can eat a whole foods diet and a plant-based diet without being vegan. Okay. That's why I'm going to stick to my (laughs) gluten-free unless I have to go vegan or vegetarian. Um, And and I know vegetarian is different from vegan. Um, yes somewhat so yeah because vegetarian would be that you'd include potentially include eggs and dairy depending on whether you're lacto vegetarian a lacto over vegetarian or an over vegetarian all right so we have gotten an education (laughs) (laughs) probably more than you bargained for there Courtney (laughs) yeah a little bit but that's okay um so now I've got um both halves of my sweet potato and thank you Tori for that information so I have both halves of my sweet potato peeled and now I'm just slicing it so I have it lengthwise in front of me so the long parts are running from nine to three And I'm going to slice it in about four slices. And then with those four slices, I may not get four out of that. No, not on that side. Um, Then I'm just going to chunk it up. So I'm just cutting that into chunks. And I've got me a big bowl here that I'm going to put all of my vegetables in. And then once I get all the vegetables in, I'm going to put some olive oil in those and my seasonings. And today I'm using my standard uh, mix of salt, pepper, and garlic powder. And I'm using some chili powder in there. So we'll get all that. I'll go over all that in just a few minutes as we move along. And when it comes to a diet um, such as a vegan, vegetarian, um, gluten-free, choose what's best for you and what works for you. You know, um, gluten-free diet may not work for everybody. I tell people... um, I'm sort of gluten-free. We try, but we haven't been trying as hard lately. Um, And that's because of medical reasons. Um, We just genuinely feel better, and we don't have a lot of the issues that we used to have when we eat gluten-free. Some people have to eat gluten-free because they have what is called celiac disease, and gluten can be... uh, lethal to them if they get any. Uh, Some are not as severe as others. But when it comes to choosing a diet, you need to choose what's best for you. Do your research. Talk with your doctor. Um, Don't go on what we say here because we are not medical professionals. We don't claim to be. We don't even play one on TV. (laughs) So um, we just, you know, we want you to eat the way that works for you. And some people, you know, 
you were the lucky ones who can eat anything and not have any problems. And those, there are those who cannot eat any meat at all or any dairy. So again, just choose the diet that works for you. All right, so I'm about through with these potatoes here. All right, and then next I have some radishes. So I had those left over from whenever I was wanting to make a salad. I was going to try to do better about my eating and salad making and all. And when you have radishes, of course, they're kind of small. I mean, some of them come really big, but you need to look them over very well before you add them to your food. You want to cut off the ends. There's a root end and then there's the leafy end. And you can buy them with the leaves still on them. I don't, I just buy them in the bags. Um, you want to cut off the root end just a little, you know, just a little bit off the root end. And I always cut a little bit off the top uh, of the, where the leafy end was. And on all of your vegetables, you want to look at them very closely. And when I say look at them, that means put your hands on them literally and, and run your fingers over them to make sure there's not any bumps or bruises or bad spots. And you can tell if it's a bruise or a bad spot because usually it's kind of squishy. Um, um, and that goes for fruits and vegetables. And uh, I just had a very few radishes here and I haven't looked them over. I looked, well, I looked that one over before I sliced it. And I always give mine a thorough wash and I've already washed all of my vegetables before we started the call tonight. So I take my radishes after I cut the tops and the bottoms off and I slice them in half. And then I just cut them into like little sticks, little tiny sticks. And I'll kind of go over how I cut most of my vegetables as time permits. All right, and this is my last one. And I will confess, I have a pan of roasted vegetables already made. So most of my radishes went into that one. Um, I want to have those ready because it takes about 45 minutes to roast these. All right, so the next thing I have is a zucchini. And if you don't know what a zucchini looks like, it looks kind of like a cucumber, sort of, but it's in the squash family. And so I just cut the ends off of it. Again, you have um, the end that is connected to the plant and they'll leave some of the stem on a little bit and it's kind of bumpy. So you'll know that that's the stem end. And so I'm slicing the stem end off and the other end off. And now I'm feeling of the outside of my zucchini and there are some little bumps and they're not, I think most of it is just by feeling of it and having felt a zucchini in the past. I'm thinking that most of that is just the way that the plant grew um, or the vegetable grew, but I'm going to cut it off anyway. And then you just slice down as far as you need to to cut that off. Now, some people will say, okay, that whole thing is ruined, but no, it's not. So don't waste your food. Now, if it's squishy all the way around, then yes, you might wanna toss it, but this is not squishy all the way around. It's not squishy in any places. There's just a few little spots that I'm having to slice off. And when you're slicing, you can, um, or when you're peeling like your potato um, or your zucchini, because some people like peeled zucchini, um, you, you can use a paring knife just like I did, or you can use a vegetable peeler. And when you use a vegetable or a, a knife, 
sometimes, you know, you'll get a little bit of the flesh of the vegetable or the fruit with it. And that's okay. Uh, you know, why did people get that with theirs too? So, all right. So I'm just going to cut a little bit of that. I'm running out of room on my cutting board here. So I have cut them into little discs. And now I'm just going to slice those in half. And then I'm going to quarter them. So I'll slice them in half, turn them one quarter turn, and I'll slice again. All right, Kayla, do we have any hands raised at this moment? Not yet. You're doing a great job. All right. Thank you. And this is, you know, good recipe to use up some of the summer produce that's coming in from your garden. Um, something else you can use, and I may just name off some things throughout the call uh, as I think of them. Um, eggplants. Yeah, there's, so if you roast eggplant. Okay, I just dropped a half of my zucchini slice in there. That will be a really chunky bite when we get to it. So Carrie, what vegetables would you roast to put in a burrito? Oh, goodness gracious. I love all vegetables, but I'm, I mean, my mind is just going towards Brussels sprouts and carrots and onions. Those are a lot of my go-to. Um, you know, you could always throw a potato in there, but I really have to watch my starch. <laughs> Right, I like yeah. the idea of the sweet potato. That's a good idea of, of substituting it for sweet, you know? Yes. When I first heard um, about this recipe, I was at a Weight Watchers meeting, and our instructor, she introduced us to this recipe, and I was like, sweet potatoes with, you know, all those vegetables and cheese and sour cream. I don't think so. In a burrito. No, that's not a burrito to me. And, um, you know, I'm, I am from the South. So I am a Southern girl at heart and I want my sweet potatoes in a pie or a casserole. And that's the only way I like to eat them. But I did chime and, uh, and my husband, he doesn't do vegetables very much. It's like, you know, it's like I'm raising a child sometimes trying to get him to eat his vegetables. Um, but he loves these and uh, he has been known to request them a time or two. So, and it's been a while since we made them. So I was happy to oblige our requester when he asked for a plant-based uh, recipe. So. So, Courtney, no, this is a great recipe to introduce new vegetables to your family. You know, after you yes. said that, I was thinking like leeks and fennel would be something you probably don't buy very often, but it'd be great to introduce it to your family and see how they react to it. Exactly. Exactly. So, and I'm, that was a large zucchini. So it's taken me a little bit to get it cut up. And I hope I have enough space on my roasting pan. So I have lined my, it's a half sheet pan, so it's pretty large. I've lined it with aluminum foil. And then even though I'm putting some olive oil in with my vegetables, I'm also, I have also sprayed the, uh, the pan just, just to make sure nothing sticks to it there. Um, yeah, and if you had, you know, even green beans, you know, put the asparagus like I said, I'll, I'll be thinking of stuff all night. So, you know, just forgive him if I start jumping in and mentioning random vegetables. 
right, the next thing I have is what is called a crookneck squash or, or a yellow squash, as some of us know it by. Again, um, when, you know, she was talking about putting squash in there, I'm like, uh, you know, you fry squash or you put it in a casserole, you know, <laughs> you don't put it in a burrito. But again, I tried it. So, and the yellow squash, it has a long skinny neck. And then it um, flares out into a bulb shape at the bottom. So I, where it starts to kind of flare out to the bulb shape, I cut the neck off. And then I slice the neck in half and I just start um, slicing it into pieces into my bowl here. All right, got the neck done. And now I'm just going to slice the bulb in half lengthwise. And then I'm just going to go ahead for time's sake, I'm going to cut that half in half again. And we're going to zip through this really quickly and my slices are about half an inch to an inch thick you can cut them you know the width and length that you want and this is also good just um you know if you don't want to do burritos you could do quesadillas um which is about the same thing but you could do quesadillas, you could add some uh, scrambled eggs to it and fix that for your breakfast burrito in the morning and then add a little bit of salsa to it. Um, if you're not into the burritos and the quesadillas, you can make um, a roasted veggie bowl. So you could put it over rice and then add your cheese, sour cream if you want to, salsa. All right, now I have a, a carton of fresh sliced mushrooms. So I'm just going to I've rinsed those. So I'm going to dump those into my bowl. You can get the whole mushrooms if you'd like. Um, in some areas, the sliced are more expensive than the whole. Save money and slice them yourself. Um, in my neck of the woods, um, they're the same price. All right, now I'm gonna slice my onion. So we have talked about slicing onion on the call before, but we'll go over it again. So your onion has what is called the root end, which has the little fur or the hair on it. And then you have the, the top end, which has like a little stem on it. Of course, and there's all this really thin papery skin on there. All right, and so I slice off both ends, since I'm using the whole onion. And I always have a hard time finding that papery skin, you know, what's papery skin and pulling it away from the onion. So I take off, I just slice down the side of the onion um, vertically. And I take off just the, top layer of onion along with the skin. And usually that's not very much. Now the onion I have not washed, so I'm gonna wash it really quick. All right. 
And now how I slice my onion for recipes like this, I have the cut side laying flat on the cutting board. And again, I slice down, try to get it center, as center as possible. And I slice straight down vertically. Then I lay that cut side that I just made, I lay it on my cutting board. And then on the smaller end, I start slicing it. I'm just cutting straight down. My onion fell apart on me, so I had to go with what I had there. All right. So I just start you know, maybe quarter inch slices, slicing that. And if you want bigger slices, go for it. And I slide that, I slice that until I get about to the center of the onion slice or the wedge there. Turn it around and I start at the other small end. That way, when you get close to the end, you're not having this little tiny piece and possibly cutting your fingers. And if my onion had cooperated, I wouldn't have had any problem cutting it that way <laughs> either, but it was being unruly, didn't know what to behave. So we're gonna cut the other half real quick. So again, I'm starting at the small end and I'm slicing up to the center. At the center, I'm flipping it halfway around. And I'm going to start at that small end again and just start slicing until I get to the center again. And my onion is wanting to misbehave on me, slide around on me. And when you're putting it into your bowl, you want to kind of break it the pieces apart where you have what would have been rings if you'd cut it completely through whole. All right, Kayla, do we have any raised hands at the moment? No, ma'am. All right. Okay. So I was slicing, my onion was falling apart. So I'm having to find all the pieces here. All right, the next vegetable that I'm going to slice is going to be a green bell pepper. And there are several different ways you can cut the pepper. But the one that I have found that works the best for me and where I get the fewest seeds is the way I'm going to demonstrate this evening. So you take your pepper and you set it up on its end. You stand it up, kind of hold it up if you need to. And you have the stem in pointing toward the ceiling. And you're going to cut this on the sides. So go up to about where the, um, the stem of the pepper starts and you're gonna find just a little part of the stem that's kind of circular and it's sitting on top of the pepper. Put your knife just to the right of that and you want to slice it vertically down, okay? Turn it around to where you can get through to another side and slice vertically down. My knife must be too small or my pepper's too big one. It didn't get all, cut all the way through. And you keep doing that until you have all the sides cut off. When I did this earlier, I was able to get it in three sides. This one, I uh, don't think it's being slippery on me, so I don't know, I may have to do a little 
holding my mouth different, as my mama would say. Yeah, that one's starting to slide, and it's if it's starting starting to slide, it could be potentially dangerous with that sharp knife. So you just want to again, when cutting, you want to make sure that you know where your hands are relative to the blade of the knife. All right, so I've got that. So it's going to take four sides, and then you can just pull out the core where the seeds are and just toss it, or keep it, let those seeds dry out, and save them for next summer. And you can plant those in your garden and you have somewhat free seeds or pepper plants. And you can do that to just about any vegetable that you buy. But this is not a gardening podcast or a gardening call. So if you are interested in that, you can do more research on that. All right. And so now I'm just kind of feeling of the pieces that I cut. And you'll see where there's like a little bit of a membrane that connects the the seeds to the pepper and so you want to just want to cut that membrane off if it exists on your peppers and I only had only one piece oh there's my sous chef I apologize just a moment Okay, I apologize for her behavior. All right, so while she was barking, I went ahead and rinsed my pepper. And there were a few seeds in there, not many, not many at all. All right, so now I'm going to slice this. And I have it laying lengthwise. And the outside of the pepper is facing up toward the ceiling. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to slice that lengthwise. And again, you want to slice it about the same as you did on your onions. That quarter inch slices. So I slice and I put my knife up against the, my fingertip and I just slice it down. And I move my fingertip a little bit and I slice it. And that's a good way to measure. It's just to you know, move your fingertips to where you want your slices to start. And then just slide your knife down through there. All right. And the bumpy parts of the pepper... I just, I, I usually just eat those, but tonight I'm going to slice them and just be careful with those because they are not even. All right, we got three more pieces here. Let me just cut that part off. And again, you want to make sure you check your peppers sometimes if they've been, you know, in the refrigerator for long periods of time, um, they'll get a little wrinkly on the skin and you you can, you know, kind of trim that away if you want to. All right, Kayla, do we have any hands? Not at this time. All right. Do we have any participants? <laughs> <laughs> we do. Awesome, 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 awesome. So, and are they awake? <laughs> Might need well, to get that Miss I Leslie. can't guarantee. Yeah, we might need to get Miss Leslie in here to, to wake them up, wake them up, get them to do some exercises. All right. So we are almost through with our peppers. All right, Carrie, do you have anything to add so far? Well, actually, a few things came to mind on the peppers. You know, um, and you can find in the grocery stores now a bag of what they call mini peppers, and they're usually orange, yellow, and red. And they're very similar to the bell pepper. 
And the good thing is, is that they do not carry seeds in them. So, so there's, they're minis and you can slice all the way through them, you know, up until you get to about a quarter of an inch from the top and then you discard that. So that's an alternative. If somebody doesn't want to, you know, um, work with the seeds or if they are new to cooking and they just want to be able to say, I chop something. <laughs> True. And sometimes you can find in the fresh produce section, um, fajita vegetables already cut up. So your peppers and your onions um, already cut up and packaged up. Mm -hmm. And you can also find those in the freezer section as well. And then the other thing, when you were talking about, you know, for people who are not big on the burritos or the quesadillas and stuff like that, I was actually thinking how fun this would be to take a spaghetti squash. I know it's yes. a lot more time and do that and then put that over a bowl, all, all these vegetables over a bowl of cooked spaghetti. Uh, oh, yes. The, the squash spaghetti. Um, you know, that may be a, uh, another cooking class to show people how to make sp spaghetti squash because it is kind of ingenious how it all works together. <laughs> It is. And it's so good. It is so good. Now, as a kid, I was like, no, but as an adult, yeah. you know, as we grow, our taste buds change. So. But I would even put, you know, the spaghetti squash in this and take the rice out personally. But yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, again, you, you can play with whatever you want. Right. Any vegetable that sounds unique to you and hey, if you wanted to roast some fruit, you know, throw in with it for that sweet taste, you know, go for it. Let us let us know how you change up the recipes because this could be something we've never thought of before. Um, all right. And the last thing I'm putting in here, I'm, um, I just totally dislike cutting up fresh cauliflower. I just, it's I too messy. You do have a hand now. All right. I'll get to the hand in just a moment. So I, this, this week, instead of buying fresh cauliflower, I bought some frozen and, defrosted it in the microwave and I'm just cutting that into smaller pieces and you can do that with your Brussels sprouts your broccoli your cauliflower you know any of the vegetables all right all right Kayla who's our next hand Lori hello hi so another thing you can do is what's called a buddha bowl where you take the fixings you're using there to make your, to fill your wraps and you just put it in a bowl, either just as is, um, making sure to have like your sour cream or whatever for some kind of sauce, or you can add, if you want, some other kind of protein in there, like some tofu or something like that, or, or some jackfruit or that kind of thing, mm -hmm. if you want to, but that it's optional. So that's something you could do for another way to serve the same ingredients if you don't really want the wraps for whatever reason. True. All right. So I got my cauliflower cut up. Thanks, Tori, for that. Um, got my cauliflower cut up. So I have um, drizzled some oil over my vegetables. And now I'm getting my salt, pepper, garlic powder combination. And I just, you know, this is such a big bowl. I just don't even measure. Um, I'm just sprinkling over there and getting to what I think is enough. Now I'm grabbing my container of chili powder. 
and I'm going to do the same thing. I'm just not going to put as much on there. Oh, I said I wasn't, and then I sprinkle out a big handful. All right. It's a good thing that I can put it back in the container. All right, so now we have it. Okay, I'll get that hand in just a second. Now we have our oil and our seasonings in there and our vegetables, and my bowl is overflowing. And so I'm just digging my hands in there, and I am just tossing everything with my hands so that I can get the vegetables mixed up with the oil and the seasonings. And then once I get that done, I'm going to spread it on my foil lined pan. All right, who is our next hand, Kayla? We have two. Um, the first one is Herbie. Okay, go ahead, Herbie. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. Yes, I loved mini peppers. Totally forgot about them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the mini peppers. And again, I, I totally forgot about those. And um, so, yeah. All right, who's our next hand? Diane. Hi, Hi. Diane. Um, which uh, pepper would be the closest of the mini peppers to the green pepper? Um, they usually come in a bag. So it's a usually a bag of the green peppers. Uh, that's what I have found. Um, Carrie Mike can answer that um, better than okay. I can. I can so look Carrie? at the green peppers too and then. And then yeah, I, if you I, just, I, go I ahead. I did have one more question. Um, sure, go ahead. The, the, uh, the squash, the spaghetti squash, do they mm -hmm. actually sell that in the store? They do. Mm -hmm. Oh good, I want to try it. Mm. Yes. It, it sounds is. so good. Yeah, yeah, excuse me if I wash my hands. Yeah, so spaghetti squash is, is, is a unique squash. Um, we'll go over in just a few minutes how to cook it. If Carrie knows, I'll let her talk about it while I slide the vegetables in the oven and she can answer your pepper question as well. But before we get to that, I have my oven set at 450 degrees and I'm going to cook these for about uh, 40 to 45 minutes until they start to get fragrant. And then I check them and see if they're at the right texture for mostly my husband. He doesn't <laughs> like crunchy vegetables. <laughs> Me, I like a little crunch to mine, but that's okay. Yeah. All right, Carrie, if you could answer the pepper question and then if you could tell how to cook a spaghetti squash. And if you don't remember, I'll be glad to take over that. Okay. Well, first of all, could I have you repeat the question about the peppers? I, I kind of missed that, to be honest. Which one is uh, closest to the green pepper if, if they don't have the green pepper? Well, so when you buy the mini peppers, they will only come in the red, the yellow, and the orange. And they are similar to a bell pepper. It's just that they are a lot smaller. Um, I would say they're almost the size of a jalapeno. Um, so when I buy them, like I said, they come in a bag and there's usually about 10 to 15 of them in one bag. And um, they're just as delicious as a green pepper. In fact, they, to me, I don't have the, the sophisticated enough palate to determine if I'm eating green, red, yellow, or, you know, so it's, it's, 
it's all the same in my palette, but if somebody else has a different palette, they may be able to define that difference. Oh, okay. Thanks. Mm -hmm. that, it's the yeah. same to me as well. Uh, you know, I can't tell by tasting yeah. of them. Yeah. Great, thanks. So now the spaghetti squash. Now, first of all, to give everybody an idea on spaghetti squash, it does not come as spaghetti. You actually make it into spaghetti squash. In the grocery store, it is sold though as spaghetti squash. And it's a long oval squash. And as Courtney will attest, these things are tough as Dickens to cut. So you will wanna soften them up either by doing a parboil or even microwaving them to give yourself a little bit of help on the knife cutting. Because like I said, to start, when you start cutting it to a spaghetti squash, it's very hard but you wanna slice it in half. And what I have learned to do is take a pan like what Courtney has, a roasting pan lined with foil. I spray a little bit of oil on the bottom and then <clears throat> I turn mine face down. So cut side down with salt, pepper, olive oil. And I usually bake on a 350 oven for about an hour because it will take that long. And then once it's cooked, you turn them over you take a fork and you drag it and it'll create long, skinny, spaghetti pasta-like noodles. It's very incredible to, to make this. Now, Courtney, I don't know, does your recipe differ from that? Nope. Okay. It doesn't, not at all. Um, of course, the first time I ever ate it was as a kid. So, uh, you know, I didn't remember how they prepped it or anything, but I got to do my research and yeah, you need to parboil it or, you know, poke it a few times, stick it in the microwave, something, you, you know, you need to do something to soften it up because it's kind of like the sweet potatoes. It, it's hard to cut unless you have strength and a very sharp knife. And I have the sharp knife. Some days I don't have the strength. So, um, but yeah, Jason is not a fan of spaghetti squash, so I don't get it. <laughs> and it does, it, you know, it has the consistency, you know, of spaghetti, but it has a unique flavor. So don't go in expecting, you know, okay, this to taste like pasta. It, it's not. It, it has the squash taste. So if you're not a fan of squash, then, um, you know, maybe get somebody to go in with you and, Y'all, you know, half it and, you know, one of you cook it and let the other one try it or something. Um, because like um, Carrie said, they are rather large and, you know, somewhere three to four or five pounds in even upward from that. But they are a winter squash. So, you know, you could buy several of them and let them sit throughout the winter and they would be fine. Just make sure if you're going to let them sit, you turn them like once a week or something. Mm -hmm. so that they don't get the mushy spots on the bottom. All right, so we have put that pan of vegetables into the oven. And again, the temperature on the oven is 425 for about uh, 40 to 45 minutes. And let me turn on my timer because I forgot to do that. So hold on just a moment. All right. So I'm hands when you're ready. Okay. All right. I'll take those hands in just a moment. So I have cheated and um, I did buy some pre-shredded cheese 
typically don't do that, but I did for this call. And I have my burritos out here or my uh, flour tortillas. All right. So who do we have there, Kayla? While I we get have my ingredients for my burritos together. And we have two right now. And Kenny is the first one. All right, Kenny, go ahead. You're still muted, Kenny. Good afternoon, Courtney. Um, hey, Kenny, wake this, up this over there in Hawaii. <laughs> I'm awake. I'm awake. <laughs> I, you know, it's it's so funny because in the past couple of months, a few months, I've I've gotten into roasting vegetables in the oven just like this, and I actually have put it on a burrito shell, floured shell, just like uh -huh. this. So this is really interesting. Um, but I kind of miss. Um, on the mini peppers, is it a mixture in the same bag? Yes, it is. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it is a mixture. Okay, good. Yes, good. it is a mixture. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, good. I never heard of those either. I'm going to have to look for that. The, uh, if, if you taste the green bell pepper and then you taste the red bell pepper, the red bell pepper is going to have a slightly sweeter taste. You really can distinguish the taste because the red is more is sweeter than the green bell pepper I found. It is. I know I had forgotten about that, Kimmy. Thank you so much. All right, Kayla, who's our next hand? Tori. Okay, Tori. I wanted to give a proper answer to the pepper question. Um, the closest to green is actually the yellow. Ripeness order goes red, orange, yellow, green. All right. Thank you, Toy. That again, thanks for that information. I just know they all taste good to me and I just I love peppers. So. All right. Do we have any other hands, Kayla? Not at this time. All right. So um, a couple of months ago, we did um, chicken chimichangas and we talked about how to roll a burrito and the same goes for when you're cooking egg rolls. You roll them in the same fashion. So on my plate, I have my large burrito-sized tortilla. And then I'm going to scoop some of these vegetables into the center of my burrito. And it's probably about a cup of vegetables two-thirds to one cup vegetable. And all right, let me move these dishes that fell out of my cabinet earlier. Apologize for that. No wonder I couldn't find them. They were not in the floor where I thought they had fallen. And yes, I am using pre-shredded cheese. I don't typically do this, but today I am. And I get about two tablespoons of cheese and I just sprinkle it down the center of my vegetables, okay? All right, now to fold a burrito, even though it's round, you have um, your, what I call my clockwise or even your uh, directional position. So we're gonna go clockwise position or clock positions here. So you take the side that's at six o'clock and you fold it up to your ingredients or your filling. 
And there's a little bit of a, a, a lip that um, does not cover the ingredients. It goes over the ingredients. And I take that little lip and I tuck it underneath the ingredients. All right. So now you have three sides that need folding in. So I take the side at the nine o'clock position and I fold it in toward the center. And you don't want to fill these too much. And you want to make sure that you leave some space on the sides. So um, I have about two finger widths and my hands are not tiny. They're kind of medium to large size. So I have about two finger widths on each side of my ingredients. So you want that much, at least that much to um, fold in. So now I fold in my three o'clock side. So those two sides are folded into the center. Now it looks similar to an envelope. So you still have your nine o'clock or your 12 o'clock space still open there on your tortilla. Now I am taking what is at six o'clock position and I am folding it toward the 12 o'clock position. And while I'm doing that, I'm kind of tucking in my sides at nine and three. All right, and I got too much filling in there. And to, the way to know that you got too much filling is in there is when you start tucking and rolling, it starts to burst open. But that was just a little bit bursting, just a little bit. All right, and then you just keep feeling around. The closer you get to that 12 o'clock position, there's some of the burrito uh, or the tortilla that you know, needs to be folded in. And it's just a little bit compared to what we folded in earlier. So I fold those two sides in and I roll it again toward the 12 o'clock position. And now it is sealed. Seam side is down. And if you, you know, want to toast this up a little bit, you know, by sticking it in the oven or the air fryer or the skillet, you'll see some recipes say, you know, seam side down. That's what it's meant by seam side down. All right. So we're going to do another one real quick. And before I get started on that, Kayla, do we have any hands? No, ma'am. All right. And how are we on time at the moment? It is 46 after the hour. Thank you. We've got about 15 minutes. Okay, thank you so much. All right, so now we are going to put more vegetables. I'm going to try not to get quite as many in each handful this time. So we're putting more roasted vegetables in there. And again, you want to kind of make sure that you've got some space on either side at the nine and three positions. And you know you're going to have some space at the 6 o'clock and 12 o'clock. So you want to put this in the, as close to the center as you can get. Right. So you get, again, about a, two tablespoons of cheese. Add more if you like more. And this will be the point where you added black beans, sour cream, uh, guacamole if you're a guacamole fan, um, any other ingredients that you wanted to add in there. All right. So I'm going to go a little bit quicker on this burrito. So we're going to fold up the three o'clock, uh, excuse me, the nine o'clock, excuse me. We're going to fold the six o'clock position. Now I'm folding in the nine o'clock position of my burrito or my tortilla. And now I'm folding in the three o'clock position of my tortilla. 
And now I'm going to tuck and roll. So as I'm rolling, I'm checking my sides to make sure everything's tucked in. You don't have any pieces sticking out. And these don't have to be perfect. But the more you do it, the better they roll. And another tip I failed to mention, um, and I did, I, when I started, um, before I started the call, I took my flower tortillas out of the fridge so that they would get kind of room temperature and be more pliable. If you forget to do that, you can just pop them in the microwave. Um, I usually just leave them in the bag, unzip the bag a little bit and just pop them in there for like 20 or 30 seconds, depending on how many is in the bag. And then um, they get, you know, kind of warm and pliable. You can put them on a plate if you don't want to leave them in the bag. You can put them on a plate and put a damp paper towel over them and microwave them for about the same amount of time, 20, 30 seconds, depending on how many you're heating up. All right, Caitlin, do we have any raised hands? No, ma'am. All right. So Carrie, do you know what you'll be fixing up for us next week? Well, yes, we are going to go to complete opposite of eating healthy and good for us to um, calories, fat, and sugar. <laughs> I'm going to make a traditional Kansas dirt cake. And this recipe is very simple. It's no bake. And it's something fun that you can do for your kids. And they'll think you are just the cat's meow. Awesome. What are some of the ingredients? Because I, I might want to get those... Well, my grocery if I, trip. If I start with the word Oreos. Okay. Okay. We know it's going to be good then. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's a basic simple recipe where you have Oreos, cream cheese, powdered sugar, butter, uh, French vanilla pudding, and that famous Cool Whip tub that is just the, it's the sin of all sins. <laughs> Oh, it sounds extremely sinful. Extremely <laughs> sinful. All right. That sounds so yummy. Yeah. I'll be texting you to get the, you know, those ingredients again so that I'll yes, get those on my so shopping list for Tuesday. I will make your burritos all week so I can have this next week. <laughs> yes. With your cake. So, all right. So Herbie, if you are awake and paying attention. Well, tell us what you are cooking on your call on Tuesday. I'm going to give you a few minutes to unmute. So Herbie's call is in uh, Herbie's Cooking Corner. That's what it's called. And it is on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern time. So what are you going to be cooking up for us, Herbie? Okay, he has done a face plant in his keyboard, I guess. So. All right, so I'll ask Tori. Tori, what's Herbie cooking up for us next week? Chocolate cake. Chocolate cake. Oh, my goodness. That sounds so yummy. So yummy. So, and if uh, if I get the ingredient list from Herbie, then I will send that out to you guys. And for the listserv information, we are working on it. We are trying to get it moved to ACB's listserv. Excuse me while I turn on the water. And so I have sent that information over. Okay, good. But I have sent that information over to the media team and they are working on getting us set up there. And as soon as it is set up, we will make an announcement 
Uh, I know I'll post it on Facebook. I know some of you are not on Facebook, but we'll I'll see if I can talk to Colby or Cindy and see if we can get that in the morning email. So just be watching your email. So Herbie, I was asking, what were you cooking up next week and or this Tuesday? And uh, Toy said you were cooking up a chocolate cake. Can you tell us a little more about that? And uh, Herbie, if you don't mind, if you could send me your physical address, that way I can make sure I get there in time to get my slice of cake, because that sounds delicious. All right, Kayla, do we have any more raised hands? No, ma'am. All right. Well, since we have no more raised hands and we have completed the recipe, I want to thank you all so much for joining us this evening. Uh, if you would like to reach any of our cooks, you can send an email to acbcooks at gmail.com and I will forward those to the appropriate cook. Once we get the listserv up and going again, I will definitely let you know that that is out there. Um, let's see here. And those of you who are already subscribed to the listserv, you don't have to do anything. It's all going to be done for you. You're going to be swapped over and it's going to be just like what we have now except we can add more participants to the list. I'm gonna thank Herbie for streaming for us this evening. Kayla, thank you so much for taking time out of your Sunday to host for us. Tori, thank you for jumping in and helping out with some dietary questions. And Carrie, thank you so much for helping me co-facilitate on this call. And again, to you, the participants, thank you so much for joining us because without you, we wouldn't have a cooking call. And y'all have a great Sunday evening, and we will see you at the next community event.